the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Lamentations 521 tells us, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Almost everyone is dealing with recovery of some sort. It could be from addiction, pain, divorce, sin, separation, depression, job loss, or being stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and destructive behavior. Recovery through a relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation of healing and growing anew. Listen as Pastor Allworth shares how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ has turned his life around, will help you and your loved ones recover and be restored in his name. God wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Keep listening. Recovery Through Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It's so good to be with you every Wednesday. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you live from the KKHT studios. I can't always get here live. I love it when I can. Uh, And so we've got a new lesson today. We had a guest, and she's going to be next week because something came up in her life. So let's pray. Father God, we just come to you today. Um, Your word says that your son came to seek and save that which was lost, and that's all of us. So we thank you for that. We thank you for your grace, your love, your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, this show, we're expanding it. You know, it started out on Saturday, and it was about uh, addiction. And, of course, so many people are lost in addiction. It's it's a pandemic uh, that's been with us forever. But we are expanding it because people are need to be restored from all kinds of things. All, so many things can keep us in bondage. Shame, guilt, the enemy's lies. You know, he's the father of lies. There are so many things that can hold us down. Depression, anxiety. We may have lost a job. Maybe we had an abortion years ago and we can't get past the shame and the guilt. Um, maybe we've got a problem with pride or, or narcissism or jealousy or envy or you name it. I mean, the enemy comes at us these days, uh, from all sides. We've, our society is, bickering you go on facebook people are the right saying this about the left the left saying this about the right but jesus christ came to save us and to restore us so we're going to start today in in so in luke chapter 19 uh the story begins with a man named zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and you see tax collectors in the israeli world at this time were the worst of the sinners First of all, they represented the Roman occupying Roman Empire, and they collected taxes from the people who were were being occupied, the Israelis, the Jewish people. And not only that, but the Romans allowed them to set their own taxes and to rip all these people off. And they were notoriously rich, and they were really the outcasts. They were the the lowest of the low. They were. They, they'd abandoned their heritage. They'd abandoned their people. And so Jesus talks a lot about hanging out with tax collectors because, you see, Jesus came 
to seek and save that was lost. In fact, if you look at the gospel, the gospel start out, the New Testament starts out with Matthew, who was a tax collector and who was an outcast. And if we read through the book of Matthew, we'll do that another time. There are multiple places where Jesus points out that the kingdom of God is open to everyone. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, no matter what problems you've caused, no matter what mistakes you've made, it's never too late for a relationship with Jesus Christ. He wants to restore you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to change your life, and he wants to change your heart. The Bible tells us he wants to take that heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. The Lord speaks that through the prophet Ezekiel. So we've got Zacchaeus here, and and he's up on a tree, and he's looking for Jesus to pass, and and Jesus tells him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. You see, Jesus was criticized throughout the New Testament, throughout his ministry, by all those religious people who thought, judgmental people, who thought they were better than anybody else, because Jesus was hanging out with tax collectors and sinners and even prostitutes and changing their lives, just like the woman uh, who who was stoned to death, uh, the, the adulterous woman, and, and changing their lives by telling them, okay, I don't condemn you either, but get up and sin no more. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Such a powerful message and such a message of love. So Zacchaeus, he was affected by this, by Jesus treating him with kindness and respect. You know, you're going to come across people in your life, and it may be it may be you, or it may be people that you know, your loved ones, uh, relatives, who who are down, who have made lots of mistakes, and so many times it's our it's our tendency to just look down upon them and act like we're better than them when we aren't. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made by by the Creator, and so Zacchaeus responds to this. He responds to being treated with respect. And he says, look, Lord, I I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're lost out there, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ came for you. The book of Romans tells us he died for us when we were yet sinners. I like to tell people, I'm going to go to the Open Door Mission after this and speak to the men over there who are, who are looking for a better life through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I like to tell them, Jesus came for us, those of us which were lost. And if you're out there, Jesus said, we will always have trials and tribulations in this world. And I know you've been through stuff too. I know you've been through stuff too. And, and Jesus came for you. He came to seek and save the lost. And I love Luke chapter 15, because it's, a, it's about the lost. And it starts out, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. This is Jesus. He's, 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 he's hanging out with these people. And, and the Pharisees and the scribes, scribes, by the way, are the lawyers. And I'm a lawyer, so I don't want to be a Pharisee and I don't want to be a scribe. Not as, not as is described in the Bible. The Pharisees and the scribes complained saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. That was looked down upon in the Jewish culture at the time. So he spoke with this parable. What man, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner 
who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. If you're out there right now and you're lost, Jesus calls us his sheep. He says, he says, my sheep know my voice. Listen for his voice. Because when you come to repentance, when you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then all of heaven rejoices. What a wonderful thing. I mean, can you imagine? You may be down right now. You may be out. You may be, the world's kicked you in the teeth. The world's, people have disappointed you. You can have all of heaven rejoice today if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and truly repent and say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I want to live a better life. That's what Jesus came for. He says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come so that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus continues this parable. You see, all the men at the time, we sometimes miss the cultural references in the Bible. You see, men back then, I doubt I, I doubt anyone that's listening to my my message today is a shepherd, but but in the context of the time back then, he was talking to shepherds. People understood that. The men, they understood that. They understood that 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 a sheep that was really valuable and that, sure, that shepherd's going to go looking for that lost sheep. So he connected with them in a way. But he also connected to his Father in heaven and, and, and to what happens in heaven when a sinner comes to repentance. So this next story is 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 geared towards the ladies so he says the parable of the lost coin or what woman having 10 silver coins if she loses one coin does not light a lamp sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it and when she has found it she calls her friends and neighbors together saying rejoice with me for i have found the peace which i lost likewise i say to you there is joy in the presence of the angels of god over one sinner who repents you see at the time Women had a dowry, and this was very important in the Jewish culture. And they, in fact, they sometimes they attached that dowry, those coins, to their headdress because they wanted prospective men to know that they were women of substance, that they were looking for a husband, and that they brought this dowry into the relationship. It was a big deal. And uh, th- that was the custom of the day. And you see, if you lost one of these coins in your dowry, that was bad because now you no longer have the same representation And so the women understood it. They understood this. They understood how devastating that would be to lose a coin, and and now they found it. But again, Jesus is is not comparing this. Jesus doesn't worry about money so much, but he's telling, he's comparing us to the lost. And this last parable in in Luke chapter 15 is, is probably my favorite story in the Bible because I resonate so much with it it's called in various places the parable of the lost son or the parable of the prodigal son you see prodigal means extravagant and jesus said a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falls to me so he divided them to them his livelihood you know this is this is extraordinary because you don't get your inheritance in the jewish culture until the father died. So basically he's saying, Father, you're just as good as dead to me. And the inheritance came in land. They didn't have 401ks and, and you know vast investment things and, and mutual funds and things like that. Their, their wealth was in sheep and in land and things like that. So he's got to go out and sell a third of your land. See, the, the, younger, the, the older son would get two-thirds and the younger son would get a third. So the father does it. And not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. He's not even in Israel anymore. He's, he's off with the people that, uh, 
don't believe in God. He's off with the pagans. Journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Again, extravagant living. And in fact, part of that living was with women that he shouldn't have been. We'll see later in the story that he shouldn't have had anything to do with. But when he had spent it all, there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. And famine in the Old Testament is test is that's God's also often when he's very not pleased with the Israelites, he'd send a famine into the land. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. You see, Jesus came down with us and lived in our difficulties. Jesus came down and lived in the pigsty with us. He wanted to know our suffering. He wanted to know what we went through. He did it in fully human form. But when he came to himself, or when he came to his senses, some translations say, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. You know, I can see that father. It's such an extraordinary extraordinary scene. I can see that father who knew his son was lost, standing out on his front porch day after day, looking for his son to come back, just like God does when we stray away, when we make mistakes, when we don't stop living for, for God, for stop living for our relationship with Jesus Christ, and we stray away with extravagant living, maybe whatever we're doing, or we, we, we get our own plan. Stop living for God's purpose. Stop asking what would God have me do today. Stop trying to be Christ ambassadors on earth. Stop trying to be God's co-workers, as we're described in Second Corinthians. And we start going our own way, and we drift away, and we do all this. And, you know, can you see a human father who's been insulted, essentially, by his son, and asked to give him whatever he's entitled to and and just gone away and then comes back. I can see a human father, and I have a wonderful dad, and so I'm not saying all dads would be like this, but I can see many dads sitting on the front porch seeing his son and saying, uh-huh, I told you so. I told you this is what's going to happen. But that's not what the father in this story does. It represents God. The father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. The ring was was the signet. That was the that was the family signet that it signified that the son was back in the family and had the right to it was like a checkbook, had the right to go down to the store and purchase whatever backed by his father's grace, by his father's guarantee. The robe, the, the, the feet, these are symbols in the Jewish tradition, the Jewish culture, that the son is being honored again. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. 
For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. This father didn't sit back and and judge and criticize and and tell his son all the things that he'd done wrong. No, he said, my son was dead, but yet he comes back. And that's what happens in the kingdom of heaven when we drift away, when we go away from God and we make all these mistakes and do all these terrible things and end up in a pigsty with nothing to eat and go back with our tail between our legs. His son had practiced his speech, and he was just going to be happy to be a servant so he could eat again. But no, that's that's not what God wants for us. He wants to restore us. He wants to deliver us. He wants to give back everything that we have lost, just like he did in the story of Job. That's what the Bible's about. It's a book about recovery. I don't care what it is. It can be addiction. It can be drugs. It can be alcohol. It can be pride. It can be... Uh, terrible living it can it it can be sexual immorality it can be whatever but what god wants you to do is repent and turn direction and change and come back home tell him i know i've made these mistakes like the fair like the 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 other uh parable of the uh, excuse me the parable of the of the tax collector and 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 the the pharisee i'm sorry <laughs> it's one of my favorite parables, but I'm having trouble spitting that out. The parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. The Pharisees, like these Pharisees at the beginning of this story, this man receives sinners and eats with them. They condemned Jesus for that when they didn't understand all these religious people, these upright people. I just saw a movie called The Jesus Revolution, and, and there were scenes in there where, in the beginning, this this uptight church and, and this man, this wonderful preacher, Chuck Smith, began to invite these hippies in who were turning away from drugs and turning on to Jesus. And, and the people that were sitting there that thought they were the Pharisees, essentially, you know, were walking out of the church, and that's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is open to everyone no matter what mistakes you've made and we're not to judge them we're to love them and bring them in and that's what's going to make them be like Zacchaeus and have that heart of flesh and begin to help other people you know I tell the guys at the open door mission is that that we're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony we have a special place because we can go talk to people who have walked down that and you've been through if you're listening to my voice you've been through things that God has prepared you to talk to other people that no one else can to reach other people and Tell them that God loves you, that a relationship with Jesus Christ can change and will change your life. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to imitate Christ. If we're going to abide in him, we need to walk like him. We need to be like him, a servant. This compassion. The father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That's what Jesus did throughout the Bible. Every time he healed somebody, delivered them, the Bible says he had compassion for them. That's what's going to bring people into the kingdom of God. Not judgment, not condemnation, but compassion and love. Showing the love of Christ through our actions. Doing what Jesus said when he asked us to be the light of the world. Not for our own glory, but so that we can show what God. We're called to make disciples of all nations. To preach the gospel to all creation. To be witnesses to the end of the earth about the power of Jesus Christ. God wants us to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And bring other people with us. And that's what people need. They need like what Zacchaeus needed. They need respect. They need love. It's what Chuck Smith did. I highly recommend, if you haven't seen that movie, The Jesus Revolution. 
extraordinary. My wife and I went and, and we kept looking over at each other because we cried halfway through it. It was extraordinary. It was a wonderful, wonderful movie. I highly recommend it. I think it's on streaming now. Please watch it. It'll change your life. Just like a relationship with Jesus Christ changes your life. Now, the older son, now here we go back to reality, to human beings, the way most of us are. The older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, isn't that our human reaction? <laughs> Dad, I've been with you this entire time. I've been working hard for you. I've been I've been loyal. I haven't strayed. I didn't ask you for my inheritance early. I didn't basically tell you I wish you were dead. I, I, I've been here. And that's the posture that many of us who have been in the church for a long time have when somebody new comes in. Like, who are you? I've been here the whole time. I've been walking with Jesus. That's not what God wants us to be. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you were always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. If you're lost, God wants to find you. He wants you to find yourself. He wants you to be like that that prodigal son who the Bible says, but when he came to himself or when he came to his senses, come to your senses. It's so hard when we're down. It's so hard when we're in the grips of addiction. The enemy lies to us. He tells us, you're no good. God can't love you. You'll never be forgiven. God can't use you. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. The truth of the matter is, sometimes those of us that have made the most mistakes can be used the most mightily in the kingdom. Because as I said earlier, we can reach other people that somebody that's never been down that dark road can't. If you've suffered from depression and yet God's brought you out of it, if you've been in the darkness and he's brought you into his marvelous light, you can tell people that are in that depression that there's an answer and his name is Jesus Christ. There's an answer for addiction. There's a vaccine for it. Unlike the coronavirus, there's a vaccine that works and his name is Jesus Christ. I'm not saying I'm not. I didn't mean to get off on the vax. If you you know, I'm sure it's helped some people, but it's not 100 percent. But Jesus is 100%. Jesus is 100%. He's 100%. But you got to get all in. You know, I see so many people. It's, it's amazing working in, in, within the recovery community. It's such a blessing because God brought me out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And so now I want to shout on the mountaintop. That's why I'm on this radio show. You don't have to live the way you're living. There's a better way. <laughs> God, Jesus came so that you can have life and have it abundantly. But it's so hard when you're in the darkness. You think you got to have that drink. You think you got to have that snort. You got to have that pop, that whatever, that injection, whatever it is that's got you, got a hold on you. And as the Bible says, as Paul writes, that we become a slave to whatever we obey. But you don't have to. That takes some work. 
You know, the saying in recovery anyway is, is without God, I can't, but without me, God won't. You got to get all in. And I see people come through and I see some that just are there, for example, at the open door mission because the judge told them they had to or because they got forced into it by family. But even those people, some of those guys, they begin to get it. They begin to see the love of Christ. They begin to understand who Christ is. They begin to know who they are in Christ, that God has a better purpose for them. If you're out there listening to my voice, God has a purpose for you, and it's to help other people. It's to mimic Jesus Christ. It's whatever you've been through to help other people through that. God can. I don't care what mistakes you've made. Look at the Bible. Look at Moses. He was a murderer. Look at David, a man after God's own heart, committed adultery with Bathsheba. King Solomon came out of that. Look at Saul, who was the persecutor of Christians, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, was killing them, was taking letters to Damascus to imprison more Christians, and yet he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and he changed forever. And he was able to go and say, look, I got it wrong, guys. There's a better way. There's this guy, the way. In fact, the early Christianity was called the way. There's a way to live, and it's a good and wonderful and loving and fulfilling way And it's to follow this man, Jesus Christ, who we now know is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Son of God. He's calling for you. He loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. You've been listening to Recovery Through Christ. Listen again next Wednesday at 530. If you missed any of this show, you can catch the podcast at kkht.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com